The level of connection you feel in your home dramatically influences your experiences there. Get the tools to control that connection in your communities with the first multifamily platform that unifies management and resident experiences to create smart apartments. Talk to a RealPage consultant today to see how your properties can meet the future of multifamily with the Smart Building Suite. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 363. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local. Good to have you back, bud. How are you doing? I am doing good. Good to have you back. Yeah, I know. I've been away too. It's been, ah, you know, August. We, we, we got a track record for August being a bit quiet. It's the summer break. The end it's of summer break, I should say. So much going on. I'm going to find September's not far off because, I don't know, everything seems to hit the fan. Kids are going to school. In this case, my boy's in the new school. And that's just even yeah. weirder. You know, a year ago this week, you were at my house hanging with my dog. Was that this? Wow, that soon? Yeah. No. Yeah, because it was content marketing world. It was, it was always on the 6th, 7th, and 8th time frame. Oh, okay. Wow. Is it still doing it? Uh, is it? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know the dates this year, but it's happening here anytime now. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I was hoping to do it then again this year, but I'm not so sure we were able gonna gonna be able to. But we'll see. Well, it'd be, it'd be very well, last not content marketing. Well, I mean, going to your house. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we will see. Well, let's jump into this now. Um, now we've got a bit of a tighter schedule today. So first off, I uh, saw this uh, as usual. Good old Barry's um, Helping us with the show, it's always got lots of great news on searchengineroundtable.com or seroundtable.com. Anyway, this uh, one piece here is Google's um, says that some M dot sites are showing in Google or in Google Desktop search may be unstable. Now, this I think I'm not so sure I agree with how the title is here because what I've read um, the the key here is that M um, dot or mobile versions of websites so. If, uh, if step forth had a mobile version versus responsive, which we have, it would be m dot step forth or mobile dot step forth. Uh, there's a number of ways to go about it, but in this case, if it was m dot step forth, um, if Google's paying attention to that primarily, it could be that the m dot is what's going to show up in desktop search instead of stepforth.com. So um, all they're saying here is that there are incidences where they may find that first and that's what sticks and you'll see only the M dot. Um, and there's instances where they have it right and it'll, if they see the redirect, if everything's working right, they'll be using stepworth.com. Um, anyway, it, it's interesting because I know I've seen that before. Clients are like, why is my M dot or my mobile version showing up all the time? It's a little easier nowadays to explain it because Google's focused on mobile, and if your mobile's the thing that's showing, then that's what's going to show. However, um, if it's properly set up, that's not what will show. Um, you'll want your main site to show up, and then it would just read sort of uh, transparently 
provide the mobile version to people with a mobile device? I think there's two factors that come into play here that would determine this. One is whether your site is being is it being crawled under the mobile first index with a mobile crawler or if you're still being crawled with a desktop crawler. And second is if you do have an M dot, how different is that content than your actual desktop site? Because some of them are pretty pretty much the same, even though it is an M dot, but many of them are like M dot has a lot, the content is significantly different than the standard desktop. I'm sure those two things will both come into play. You know, this brings up an interesting question I, I didn't put on here, but it's something we're dealing with with a, a client now, a listener of the show, I think. Um, anyways, he, um, he's he been with us for many years and, and he wants to switch his site. He's been nervous about doing it because it, um, it does very well in search. And it's kind of the classic thing. Oh, I'm afraid to mess with anything because it's so good, but it's so outdated. It's like it's time to get something done. Well, his he has a version of an M dot, so it's mobile dot the main site, and Google is indexing it using and according to Search Console, it's focused on mobile first. So, so are, it's using the the mobile crawler and not the desktop crawler for both or just the M dot? Well, that's just the yeah, that's part of the question, right? If we're transitioning to this new platform, we're going to move it to WordPress, we're going to try and consolidate, how much import should we put on the old website that's not mobile-based and all that content? Well, the, so so is, so is the if you're in Google Search Console, it will show you some pages. It, you know, we've, got, we've got some pages that are being mobile-first indexed, particularly like AMP pages, will always be crawled with the... Uh, the mobile crawler and desktop pages that are still being crawled with the desktop crawler, right? Is his desktop version of his site being crawled with the desktop crawler or the mobile crawler? Mobile crawler. So everything is the mobile crawler. That's what it says. Okay. And how, how different are the two sites? Are they substantially? Hmm. Yeah. He's cut down the content a ton on the mobile. And our job is to create a new website. We've done this before successfully, but this is ache in the sense, but our job is to create this new website, but try to minimize any ranking fluctuation. So the first thing I would do is I'd look at the date it switched because it'll search console will tell you the date you switched to uh, mobile first, right? Yeah, it was 2018. Go to that date in Google analytics and see what happened to the traffic. Ah. And it either dropped or it picked up. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, so fair enough. But what we found interesting in our discussion was because Google's hasn't switched everyone over to mobile, still, they're still working on that. We probably still have to consider the desktop just as heavily, even though it's technically not the one that's getting the attention. Like the I content on there, we'd want to, we'd want to keep it, right? Sorry? I wouldn't. I wouldn't make any decision until I looked at analytics to see what kind of impact that switch had on the two sites. Yeah. Well, I can tell you the visibility um, hasn't declined. It's done great. So mobile certainly didn't have any negative impact. Um, when did you pick up this client? Before or after they switched to mobile first? I've had them for years. It's just they come back when they need us kind of thing. Um, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's fine. We have lots of clients like that. But anyway... Uh, your listeners, this is what we talk about. If if I call John and I'm, I'm like, I need to beat something off you, this is exactly what we talk about. Or like, this is you know interesting 
sort of nuances of SEO um, because it is a little bit befuddling when Google's in the midst of this kind of transition. How much weight do you put on what was in desktop versus in mobile? Like if we switch, if we focused only on doing the mobile switch and really dismissed a lot of what's in the old desktop site, which is significantly more content, that could be disastrous. <laughs> so have you looked at the backlink profiles as well? to see uh, what kind of uh, equity is being sent to the two different versions. Are people linking to the M dot version? No, no, it's definitely desktop. So it's uh, that's where all the history is. And it's a law, a very old site. Okay. It's going to be fun. Dig into some, <laughs> I'd also dig into some of the higher traffic driving pages of the site in search console do URL inspection. And it'll, t it'll give you a whole mobile mobile visibility thing in search console too. Cool. Might give, might give you some data that's useful. Yeah, it's on our checklist, but uh, it's a good reminder. Thank you. Anyway, it's uh, this is part of what keeps our our job interesting, right? <laughs> it's it's definitely what keeps our job interesting. <laughs> so um, uh, next up here, Majestic uh, is apparently delving into some deeper link analysis. And then what I've understood of reading this, and this is again search engine roundtable. There are other content pieces here today, but a lot of it's roundtable today, um, is that it's delineating where the link is on the page, the breaking down the page. So it gives you a bit of a perspective of what kind of uh, visibility that link may have as well. Uh, interesting yeah, concept. I understand they, they've, they've really dug in a little bit deeper into relevancy of the links as well. They used to, they had that chart, and they, they may still have, I haven't logged in since since um, I read this this announcement, but they used to have that thing that tells you what the topics that the links were related to. Apparently they've expanded that a bit as well um, to help people who are really into doing backlink analysis understand the value of the links. Hmm. Well, it, I think there, there's certainly a lot of merit here. It's one of those things that, like you said, if, if you dig deeply into the stuff, this is, this is nerd gold. <laughs> if, it's, if it's, you know, you're looking higher level, it's just, you're a small business, um, not the biggest contributor, but it is uh, always cool to get a little more information. And like Majestic uh, mentions in their release here uh, on their blog, which talks about it, it's called Link Context, and it was uh, launched yesterday, September fourth. At least this blog post. Um, it, uh, it, you know, this is the kind of thing that no other link resource has. So um, it is. It's nice to have something that differentiates them. It's it's nice to have competing companies doing this work because they're all trying to outdo each other, which is great for us. Yeah. So we Majestic, I don't think they were losing market share as much, but there was a lot. There wasn't nearly as much talk about them as some of these other services recently. So they, uh, this was a good play, not a good move by them to uh, get some brand recognition back in the space and create a better product. True that. All right. So next up. Take away. So this is this is something that's interesting that that I've been seeing uh, for a, for a couple of weeks now, but um, Google has been talking about and SEO has been talking about the idea of a a tactic where one company will lease will basically rent a subdomain or a subfolder off another company's website, and basically the idea is uh, that company would control 
the subdomain and they would publish the content onto it. Um, and same thing for the subdirectory. And there's been a lot of discussion about this. John Mueller talked about it recently saying it's really not against Google's guidelines, but they're looking into, you know, how to distinguish when a subdomain or subdirectory has been rented or leased as opposed to, uh, you know, just part of the natural site. They're, they're making improvements to their algorithms. They're doing other things. And, and he had hinted basically that the idea was that they would treat this content kind of like affiliate content. Um, it wouldn't get nearly as much weight as other content on the site, um, basically saying, you know, it's, it's not going to rank very well if they discover this and figure it out, even though it's not against the, their terms and services. Well, just, just recently, I think it was earlier this week, um, end of last week, that uh, Google started actually implementing this. And um, the articles are calling it they're penalizing domain leasing, but it's not really a penalty. It won't show up no. in, in, in your Google search console as a manual action. It's basically they're just devaluing the content in these spaces. Um, so if you're thinking about doing this or you've already done something like this on your website or you want to do it on somebody else's website, if they perceive it as, and they understand that it's you know, rented space or leased space, um, it's not going to do you much good from a, from a traffic perspective. I'm not sure what it does from a backlink perspective. Um, I guess it would, you know, I don't know if they're going to, uh, I guess we haven't had, it hasn't been going on long enough to determine whether or not they're going to devalue links from that content as well. So it's very interesting that this came up pretty quickly and they solved it pretty quickly. Um, that tells me with all the other stuff they got hanging out there that needs to be fixed, that this was really important to them. Yeah. They don't like any, um, public examples of their algorithm being manipulated. Um, although yeah. apparently they don't seem to care about local, but anyway, um, most of them are in the coupon space, like, uh, CNN has a, a subdirectory specifically for coupons. And it was uh, some service out of the UK that runs these coupon slash <laughs> you know, coupon code sites and they had leased a subdirectory off of CNN.com. And the, some of the articles show the traffic, you know, estimates from that sometimes just tanked last week to, to almost nothing. So, yeah, I just thought it was quite interesting. Um, if it's something you're planning on doing, don't bother. Yeah. Well, and, and the good news I think is uh, certainly from the, the person who's, who's leasing that space <clears throat> They're not getting hurt, but at least that's so far so good. So far, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they because it's not against the terms, it makes sense, right? They shouldn't be, um, but uh, in this case, the people who are doing it definitely are. They're Google's doing whatever possibly can to um, defeat any ability of them to get some advantage from it. Obviously, they were because <laughs> it was working, yeah. and that's why well, it was working. Companies was well, UK was reporting making you know, uh, seven figures from that one arrangement. So wow. yeah, they were working well. <laughs> I think it was, um, it was the daily mail UK was doing it. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk about uh, some local SEO news. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. 
Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Dentica, Taya Obrecht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So next up is uh, our local SEO news segment. And this is about Google My Business dropping distance-based service areas. Now, we've known a while that they were doing a postal code-based system. Um, I'm not sure if this is something that I don't even know about yet, that perhaps it's uh, they're abandoning that too. I don't think they are. But um, apparently Google has announced it's removing the remaining distance-based service area businesses. Um, it's They're converting them to the closest named area. And this is where it gives me pause. I thought they'd be converting it to the closest postal code set. Um, well, I can tell you why, because it's not just the postal code. When you go into my business, you can use either postal codes or city names when mm -hmm. you're setting them up now. So they just decided to use city names instead of postal codes because that's more, much more common from a search perspective. Yeah, I guess the, the nerd in me is surprised they're doing that. They're all about numbers and detail. I would have thought they would just do a, like a cross-section, but I guess it is a lot simpler, a cross-section of postal codes or zips. But anyway, um, 
yeah, just making sure that there's nothing that I am missing. I always got to be sure. <laughs> so, so I think to make this a little clearer, if you haven't gone into your Google My Business yet and switched to either zip codes or um, cities um, and you're a service area business, they've been continuing to use your radius that you had set up. And it sounds like, if I'm reading this right, that they're no longer going to use that radius. You need to go in and change that or they're going to do it for you. They're forcing the removal. They're forcing yeah, it to the nearest uh, area. Yeah, right. closest neighbor area. So to quote Ben Fisher, who uh, discovered this, I gather, says, so Google started down this path in November of last year. The idea is to remove the radi radius and use service areas. This is geared to working service area business, making service area businesses as important as a storefront. I tell you, that's a breath of fresh air, uh, unquote. Um, mm. Anyway, they have given listing owners an ample amount of time to make the change. And now this update will force a change to your nearest service area. As of today, this will not help you rank better. Down the road, I think the intent is to help users find your find you better or ranking in places you serve, unquote. And obviously that makes a lot of sense that, that this is, but yeah, it's going to take a bit before they've finished this forced uh, transition where I think at that point it will start to help. Uh, and this is a long time in coming. I've talked about service area businesses being underserved and this is. Yeah. So I think so. I think it's up to, 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 to point out though, if you are a service area business and you're using the radius and your radius covers a, a two or three major metropolitan areas that you want to serve, if you don't go in and change it yourself so you can add all three of those cities in, I doubt Google's going to pick three. They're probably just going to pick one and you're going to lose potentially exposure in the other two cities, um, which could impact the traffic. Um, and the rankings in those cities. Even though well, and Google won't care if you whine about it because yeah. they're, they've always said that you should be checking your Google My Business monthly. Yeah, I, really. I guess coming out of this, the idea is go in and change them now so you control it and not Google. Yeah. Put, put what you need to put in there. Yeah, yeah. and But uh, yeah, just mentioning that even if you don't do it, you can't cry wolf here or, or cry out because it's not going to help. Um, they're they're giving you some warning here. Um, they've been doing it for a while. Ten months. Hmm. <laughs> that is a long while in this world. So, all right. Uh, also, I thought this was kind of cool. Uh, 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 Mike Blumenthal posted on his hidden blog um, <laughs> that uh, there's been some more testing with uh, um, the local pack in mobile and. Uh, when he does post on his blog, it's it's definitely worthwhile reading them. Sometimes they're just his own musings about certain things, but either way, they're always interesting. This one I thought was particularly cool. He feels that he's likely getting a lot of test results lately at uh, one of the Google testing centers because he seems to see things before most people do. Um, in any case, this example he has shown on his site uh, shows a four-pack of... Um, local results followed by so called all results all search results then after that there's a top results and then so these are the ones a uh, top rated results i mean then suggested alternative topics are, are showing up and that's not the wording they use what it is is let's say you do a search for employment lawyers like you did here um, they'll give you some examples um, after you've gone through the top rated and all search results they'll say okay um Perhaps you're looking for employment attorneys, law firms, trial attorneys, legal services, et cetera. Um, and you can click on those and they they open up like an accordion with more information on, on 
local businesses in your area. Uh, very cool. I, I actually like this new layout. I think um, I'm kind of hoping that a variation of it takes off. Of course, you still have the three ads before there. <laughs> yeah, you still have to get past the ads to get to any of it. Yeah, which keeps our pay-per-click uh, uh, portion of Step Forth going quite well. Thank you. Thank you. Keep that up, Google. And that's one thing I can be sure they're always going to keep up. <laughs> They'll never stop doing Yeah, it won't be long before Google's a pay service anyway. You have to pay to use <laughs> Yeah, at least uh, somehow. Would you pay to use Google if it removed all the ads? If they had a premium service where you could use search as it is, but no ads. No. I wouldn't either. It's not worth it to me. I don't care. It's already, I've already got ad blindness anyway, so why bother? Yeah. Um, and if the odd time I do click on an ad, it's usually because it's the right result. Uh, we're pretty picky about it, so I can yeah, see that's probably the case. I used to click on ads on purpose because I thought, you know, if they were, if they were, you know, years ago, if they were smart enough and intelligent enough to be able to manage a good Google ad campaign to show up in front of me, they're probably a solid business and know what they're doing and probably hopefully works with customer service as well. Or they just hired a really good company like Stepforth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. That was a Shameful while ago. Plug. <laughs> okay. So, um, Shameless bugging me. Um, all right, so next up is one Mueller file anyway. I imagine a couple of the other things we talked about might have jumped into Mueller's, but um, in this case, it's uh, Google on how it picks the URL it shows in search. Nothing new here, um, but I, I agree with, uh, uh, I believe it was Harry that wrote this, that uh, the way this was couched was really well done. Um, again, so if you look on search roundtable, search engine roundtable, it's Google and how it picks the URL it shows in search. And it talks about um, how they choose that particular URL. Um, the preferences are, you know, what is the rel canonical, uh, any redirects, internal linking, the URL and the sitemap file, um, HTTPS URLs, URLs and quote unquote nicing nicer looking URLs. Um, obviously I just rattled a bunch off there, but um, this is, it's, it's a good little video that, uh, that uh, John Mueller's done. And, and I think it's always good for people who are, are new to the SEO realm or, or heck, just need a refresher to look at this. It just gives you some idea of what their determining factors are for picking which uh, URL shows. I wonder, I, I'm gonna have to watch the video. I haven't watched it yet, but I, have you watched it? No. I want to see if he touches on the, the idea because Google will override canonical URLs and pick their own canonical sometimes. And I wonder if he touches on when or how or why that would happen. Cause it mm -hmm. happens to us, you know, at least a, I get that at least two or three times a month. Hmm. Well, just to clarify, I watched a bit of it, not the whole thing, but uh, yeah, it's, it's well laid out so far. So do recommend it. Um, and it's part of his uh, ask the Google webmaster series. Uh, let me see if that is showing on a YouTube channel, which is, yeah, the Google <coughs> Webmasters channel on YouTube. So Google Webmasters. Glad they do those. I think it's great. And I love his little, um, uh, what do you call it? The drawn version of him. Oh, the, the his uh, avatar. His avatar. It's really cute. <laughs> it's well done. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to uh, go through some questions we got from our listeners. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., Okay, we have time for, well, we'll try and get more than one in, but we've got the first question here. Well, actually, it's not even a question. It's uh, a, a notation from Brenda Michelin. Uh, she says, those of you with restaurant clients, beware that Yelp, and uh, quote unquote, is screwing over restaurants by quietly replacing their phone numbers, uh, unquote. Uh, so the phone numbers are adding tracking before connecting to a restaurant so that Grubhub can bill for a marketing fee. Um, I don't know anything about this, but it's worth checking into if you do have a restaurant. Uh, sounds and, pretty awful. And she to links to an article from vice.com, and vice is a pretty reputable news source. Yeah. So I'm going to have to read this too. Nasty. If that's the case, I'm not entirely surprised. Yelp's not my favorite platform, but it's still pretty awful. Right. Okay. Um, the next one's from Dale Alorinsha. I've recently been told that businesses cannot ask for Google reviews. Is this correct? I cannot see why you would not be allowed to ask patients or customers for review when leaving your place of business. Okay, so this is correct and not correct. It depends on your business. There are specific requirements um, within like uh, different businesses. If you do have a patient, um, there are rules, regulations within, your, within the industry. And in some cases where it is completely unethical to ask for a review. If someone leaves a review, you can't reply to it. Um, I'm enmeshed in this stuff all the time. Uh, clients asking me or, or prospects asking me, can you help me with this? We've got this negative review. I don't know how to respond. And I'm like, well, actually you can't based on this and this. And I have to point out their uh, to a degree, point out that 
uh, to their their actual rules and regulations. Many don't even realize this. Um, this is particularly important for anyone in the legal profession um, who, who does anything sensitive um, or um, therapists. They're the worst one, worst case, of course. Um, you, if you can't really ask someone for a review um, if they, for a particular type of service, especially. So, um, but you can do it if you're just in a, like if someone comes into your shop, you can certainly ask for a review. I, I recommend it all the time to my clients. Um, John, anything to note there? No, I think you covered it more, more okay. than I could actually. Um, okay. Reviews should be organic, just like everything else that we do in SEO. Um, so asking for them kind of is kind of like it's kind of like the old school asking for a link, but it's a review. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's it's, it's what I do is I ask for feedback, and I use review management software that takes that feedback and then says, "Thank you, I really appreciate the feedback." If you're willing, here are a couple online resources where we would also appreciate um, your review. If they leave it positive, that's a great thing to do, right? Um, they don't have to click on it. You just answered Stephen K. Dale's next question, but uh, well, I'd like to say, what are some examples of places where it is okay to ask for review? You mentioned a couple where you should never do it. Where can you do it? Um, okay, so well, I already covered which ones. Uh, there's lots you can. Um, again, it's all about some each province and state has different rules for different um, business types. Uh, so I can't really comment on which ones you can or can't for sure. Uh, in generalities though, th you know, things that are sensitive where there's HIPAA compliance, there's a lot of problems there that's for medical and health um, that's unlikely you're going to be allowed to do it. Um, when it comes to just general service, you're probably having no problem at all doing it. Um, if you are sending requests only to people who left five-star reviews, that's, that is technically against Google's terms and conditions for any service, for any uh, business. So keep that in mind. What about if you're a hotel and you put a card on the check-in desk that say, if you like, if you enjoyed your stay, leave us a review. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, I wanted to get to another Stephen, Stephen's other question, but I didn't get a chance. Stephen, thank you for, for leaving the though. Um, we will mark out the other ones and try and get that to next get to that next time <laughs> losing my speech here just on right nick of time so on behalf of myself ross dunn ceo of step forth web marketing and john carcutt the director of seo for advanced local thank you for joining us today if you have any questions you'd like to share with us please feel free to post them on our facebook group easily found by searching seo 101 podcast have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes which are at 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern every monday on webmasterradio.fm thanks for listening everybody The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.